0: Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I'm so tired. I I can barely talk right now. I'm so tired. Uh, I'm always low energy, high mental energy, low physical energy, as I've told you many times. But right now, I would say ever since about an hour ago, I just, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't think I can function. I was all excited all day to start recording. By the way, I've noticed you guys have been hitting the automatic Request button or whatever it is where it says, We want another podcast. And that makes me very, very happy. So thank you for that. Here I am. I'm still doing this. I want to announce right away, before I forget, excuse me while I cough, (coughs) that I will be gone uh, from this. I'm going to be out of the country And I'm going to be out of the country for a while, so I won't be able to do this again for about a month. So I'm taking, I guess I'm taking about three and a half or four full weeks off from me reading stuff. Um, I'm tempted to say I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody's crying their eyes out right now or anything. But I do feel sad because I do this for me. And it helps me for whatever reason and in, in for reasons unknown. And I like the regularity of it. I like checking in with you guys. I love asking you questions and hearing back. I love talking. I love telling you my opinions. I love telling you what I'm eating. I love telling you what I'm looking at. I love it all. But... I I think that I have so much to do while I'm gone and I'm taking all these projects with me that I have to do while I'm away and if I and I don't have to bring my laptop with me unless I do the podcast and I just decided for myself and for my own sanity one less heavy thing that I'm carrying around the microphone and the laptop and I really want to get away from everything so that's what I'm doing I'm going to get away from all expectations and I like the idea of there's a there's a lot involved in traveling especially the way we're about to do it it's going to be very busy but I'm excited because there's a simplicity that comes with being away from your stuff and your own house burdens and daily email burdens and all of that so I'm looking forward to it uh How are you guys? What's been on your mind lately? I got a lot of responses from last week's questions. I wish I remembered what my questions were, but I remember I liked the answers. Um, Another thing I thought of, I know I was listing you guys some good little phrases that I love. Another one that I forgot to mention last week was, Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? That was a big one for me. And I remember when I first heard it, it sort of seemed like, every argument, disagreement, misunderstanding, etc. that i had ever gone through in my life never needed to happen. there there's as i'm such a talkative person, but i want to be so quiet and i used to just think i always had to have something to say. and i did, i did. i i hate to admit it, i did always want to win arguments and i was very proud of the fact that i could always win arguments. um And now I don't get into arguments pretty much ever. The minute I see that happening, I just go, uh, not interested. What is that? You guys, a lot of you guys are big David Foster Wallace readers. Um, that line about, uh, I can't remember. It's a David Foster Wallace line about basically how all great change comes as a result of exhaustion or being exhausted. That's the gist of it, but uh, you guys get back to me with your actual facts. I could look it up right now, but I don't want to type. I just want to talk <laughs> with my eyes closed. I'm talking into the microphone with my eyes closed and a blanket wrapped around me. I have many layers of clothing, and I am still very, very cold. Um, anyway, I really believe that's true, and I, I've loved it in my recent... I would say like ever since I had my hysterectomy... That was sort of the marker of so much change in my life. That time period of my life was so crazy. Everything just changed within about a month. Uh, I really recognized the benefits of getting older. Weirdly enough, I wasn't at all bothered that I had to have a hysterectomy, but I did. Re- but I immediately my hormones changed. I got tired easier and all this stuff. And I've just I don't have. I just don't want to waste what little energy I have on anything, I'm not going to say negative, but anything where I'm going to get into shit with people. I just don't want to. If I sense it coming, I'm either physically out the door or mentally out the door. And I know that sounds apathetic, and I've never had an ounce of apathy in my life until recently, but I got to tell you, as somebody who lived without even understanding how apathy could ever feel, it's... I got to say, a little bit is real nice when when you're a person like me. I wish I could have had some apathy before. I remember just really hating apathetic people or apathetic attitudes, and now I'm, I've got a totally different attitude about it. Uh, all right. You know what? I'm going to start reading to you guys. Oh, so anyway, by the way, I will not be posting for this next month. I, I'm going to take a break and... I appreciate your understanding on that, and if you want to, do what some other people do, and they like doing this. Go back. I've been doing this for, what, four or five years now? Go back. Listen to some of the old episodes. As bad as they are, they might be kind of fun for you to listen to, so you don't have to stop. Just go way back, and especially if you visit Potomatic, but they're all on iTunes now. I know I mentioned that a while back. I, I finally got it to where Every single episode I've ever recorded is available on iTunes. All right, you guys. so this book I got recently I did a, I want to give a major shout out to half price books. I grew up with half price books in Texas isn't it a Texas company originally anyway I don't know, but anyway washington state thank thank God has half price books, and the one in Bellevue, Washington has an amazing poetry and art section. Now, you know, with secondhand bookstores, these things change a lot because it could be that somebody very brilliant just happened to die and 50 of their amazing art books ended up there. Well, I happen to be, but I will say, every time I've gone to this Bellevue location, both of those sections and and the literature section are just ripe with really good stuff. I got, when I checked out the last time I was there, uh, the guy was like, I don't think these are going to fit in a bag. We're going to give you a box if that's cool. So I had this huge box of a lot of art books and a lot of poetry books. So anyway, this is one of the many things I bought. Uh, Raymond Carver book of, it's called all of us. It's the collected poems of Raymond Carver. Uh, I embarrassingly, as much as I knew him as a short story writer and have read so much Raymond Carver, he is somebody who, uh, Raymond Carver gets so many people into reading. He's a really good introduction if you're not somebody who reads for fun. And often Raymond Carver books of short stories like Cathedral or What We Talk About When We Talk About Love, these books really hook people. And he's considered one of the greatest American writers of all time. He was only fifty when he died of lung cancer. He was born in thirty eight, died in nineteen eighty eight. Very fascinating character. But what I was going to say is, I never realized he was also a poet, and I've never read his poems. So when I saw this book there, I thought, I don't even have to open this up. I definitely want to buy it. I haven't read Raymond Carver in a while, but of course, I still remember how much I love him and how much I loved him when I first discovered him and. I'm going to read you. It's a little bit lengthy, um, but I'm going to read you his piece in this book, uh, his poetry book, collected poems. But it's some pro. It's called some prose on poetry, and it's him describing his introduction to poetry and what this did for him. And I, I really liked it. Um, so here we go. Years ago, it would have been 1956 or 57. When I was a teenager, married, earning my living as a delivery boy for a pharmacist in Yakima, a small town in eastern Washington, I drove with the prescription to a house in the upscale part of town. I was invited inside by an alert but very elderly man wearing a cardigan sweater. He asked me to please wait in his living room while he found his checkbook. There were a lot of books in that living room. Books were everywhere, in fact, on the coffee table and end tables, on the floor next to the sofa. Every available surface had become the resting place for books. There was even a little library over against one wall of the room. I'd never seen a personal library before. Rows and rows of books arranged on built-in shelves in someone's private residence. While I waited, eyes moving around, I noticed on his coffee table a magazine with a singular and, for me, startling name on its cover, Poetry. I was astounded, and I picked it up. It was my first glimpse of a little magazine, not to say poetry magazine, and I was dumbstruck. Maybe I was greedy. I picked up a book, too, something called The Little Review Anthology, edited by Margaret Anderson. I should add that it was a mystery to me then just what edited by meant. I remember not knowing what that meant. Also, anyway, I fanned the pages of the magazine and taking still more liberty began to leaf through the pages of the book there were lots of poems in the book but also prose pieces in what looked like remarks or even pages of commentary on each of the selections what on earth was all this i wondered i never before seen a book like it nor of course a magazine like poetry i looked from one to the other of these publications and secretly coveted each of them when the old gentleman had finished writing out his check He said, as if reading my heart, Take that book with you, Sonny. You might find something in there you'll like. Are you interested in poetry? Why don't you take the magazine, too? Maybe you'll write something yourself one day. If you do, you'll need to know where to send it. Where to send it? Something. I didn't know just what, but I felt something momentous happening. I was 18 or 19 years old, obsessed with the need to write something, and by then I'd made a few clumsy attempts at poems but it had never really occurred to me that there might be a place where one actually sent these efforts in hopes they would be read and even, just possibly, incredibly, or so it seemed, considered for publication. But right there in my hand was visible proof that there were responsible people somewhere out in the great world who produced Sweet Jesus, a monthly magazine of poetry. I was staggered. I felt, as I've said, in the presence of revelation. I thanked the old gentleman several times over and left his house. I took his check to my boss, the pharmacist, and I took poetry and the little review back home with me. And so began an education. Of course, I can't recall the names of any of the contributors to that issue of the magazine. Most likely, there were a few distinguished older poets alongside new, unknown poets, much the same situation that exists within the magazine today. Naturally, I hadn't heard of anyone in those days or read anything either, For that matter, modern, contemporary, or otherwise. I do remember I noted the magazine had been founded in 1912 by a woman named Harriet Monroe. I remember the date because that was the year my father had been born. Later that night, bleary from reading, I had the distinct feeling my life was in the process of being altered in some significant and even, forgive me, magnificent way. In the anthology, as I recall, there was serious talk about modernism in literature and the role played in advancing modernism by a man bearing the strange name of Ezra Pound. Some of his poems, letters, and list of rules, the do's and don'ts for writing, had been included in the anthology. I was told that, early in the life of poetry, this Ezra Pound had served as a foreign editor for the magazine, the same magazine which had on that day passed into my hands. Further, Pound had been instrumental in in introducing the works of a large number of new poets to Monroe's magazine, as well as to The Little Review, of course. He was, as everyone knows, a tireless editor and promoter. Poets with names like H.D., T.S. Eliot, James Joyce, Richard Aldington, to cite only a handful. There was discussion and analysis of poetry movements. Imagism, I remember, was one of those movements. I learned that, in addition to The Little Review, poetry was one of the magazines hospitable to imagist writing. But then I was reeling. Sorry, by then I was reeling. I don't see how I could have slept much that night. This was back in 1956 or 57, as I've said. So what excuse is there for the fact that it took me 28 years or more to finally send off some work to poetry? None. The amazing thing, the crucial factor, is that when I did send something in 1984, the magazine was still around, still alive and well, and edited, as always, by responsible people whose goal it was to keep this unique enterprise running and in sound order, and one of those people wrote to me in his capacity as editor, praising my poems and telling me the magazine would publish six of them in due course. Did I feel proud and good about this? Of course I did, and I believe thanks are in due part to that anonymous and lovely old gentleman who gave me his copy of the magazine. Who was he? He would have to be long dead now and the contents of his little library dispersed to wherever small, eccentric, but probably not in the end very valuable collections go, the second-hand bookstores. I told him that day I would read his magazine and read the book too, and I'd get back to him about what I thought. I didn't do that, of course. Too many other things intervened. It was a promise easily given and broken the moment the door closed behind me. I never saw him again, and I don't know his name. I can only say this encounter really happened and in much the way I've described. It was just a pup I was just a pup then, but nothing I can explain or explain away such a moment. The moment when the very thing I needed most in my life, call it a pole star, was casually generously given to me. Nothing remotely approaching that moment has happened since. How wonderful is that? And I do believe any readers all have something similar to that. If they didn't grow up in a house with a lot of books, there's always that moment of discovery and generosity with somebody, usually older than you, who kind of introduces you to a whole bigger world that you need. And I know I had nothing that big and uh, clear, but a lot of that happened to me out in East Texas when I went to undergraduate school in the library there. And I'll never forget those days. It was just It was like, I don't know. this, This little piece of prose really gets me excited and touched. By the way, this book is a vintage book. I'm going to put a link in the description for you to get it. I'm going to read you one poem from this book as well right now. It's called Sunday Night. Make use of the things around you, this light rain outside the window for one, this cigarette between my fingers, these feet on the couch, the faint sound of rock and roll, the red Ferrari in my head. The woman bumping drunkenly around in the kitchen. Put it all in. Make use. That's like keep writing, keep dying, keep, keep, wait. Keep dying, keep writing it down. Very similar. That's C.K. Williams. But that was Raymond Carver. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Zeke Williams who brought me Lindor chocolates and my favorite water, distilled water. To my studio visits I did with the grad students there at TCU in Fort Worth. I want to thank anybody I encountered in Fort Worth this weekend. This was a very busy week for me and a very good one. Uh, I love Fort Worth, Texas. My show is over, so you won't be hearing me talk about it anymore. Uh, But I had an amazing time, and I'm very, very happy. Uh, Yeah, back to the Lindor chocolates. Hello, That was amazing to be greeted at TCU with my favorite, my new favorite chocolates and distilled water. I think I need more of this when I'm traveling, my friends. Uh, Feel free to greet me with waters, with toilet paper, with Kleenex, either the Cool Touch or with lotion are my favorites. Uh, What else? I love yarn. I love food magazines. I love grapes. I want tiny animal figurines. I'm not asking for yacht trips or Fendi bags. I'm asking for two ply toilet paper, Charmin, the mega roll, you got it, to quote Brody Stevens. I'm just kidding, nobody has to bring me anything, but that was awfully nice. That made my landing on an early Monday morning, very soft, very warm, very special, very chocolatey and very watery. (laughs) That's enough out of me, you guys. I'm gonna miss talking to you. I hope you're well. I'll be thinking about you. I love you and I can't wait till we meet again. Goodbye, everybody.